0: hey they're doing a little mobile episode here it's about 70 degrees out a few august raindrops which are extremely valuable as far as the value of water goes i would say august raindrops are pretty high up there as far as value goes or at least that's how it should be i would call it miracle water august rain is miracle water But what I'm thinking about right now is urban legends and how those have been more or less lost. That was something that could only exist in a pre-information society. And of course, you know, it still was an information society. There was TV, tons of print media, but it could only exist really before the, the info superhighway, that is the internet, existed. And it was amazing to see urban legends spread and what always fascinates me about them is how how they were able to spread across the country. You know, and you would never be able to map that out. You know, I don't care about contact tracing for infectious diseases. I'm more curious about contact tracing for urban legends circa 1987. Circa 1999, for that matter. And especially the ones that were... ...specifically about people... ...in your community. Because I'm not as interested in the ones about... ...scary people. The ones that are basically... ...horror movies. Because there are a lot of those urban legends. I mean, the movie Urban Legend... ...was based around that. The idea of a serial killer. There were always those sorts of rumors, the escaped mental patient, these sort of Michael Myers, I guess, kind of premises. Uh, But the ones that are very interesting to me are the ones that were rumors about other kids. And the more mundane they were, or the more... The more localized they were. It's like the more that they were plugged in locally. And I don't mean that they had a local origin. I just mean that, like, the more that they, the more that an urban legend was applied to a local person or set of circumstances, the more interesting it is. And I think the best example is, there was a girl who was a little bit older than me, and I never met her. By the time that I was in junior high, she was gone. I think she either moved away but she was, she was older, but she had a reputation, and that only means one thing, of course. And there was an urban, there were, there were of course rumors about her, you know, being sexually active and all of this stuff. And, you, and these rumors, she was 13 or something at the time. You know, she was 13 or 14. And like I said, I never even met this girl. I don't even think I ever saw her, but I was well aware of the rumors. And one of them was that in science class, and not just any science class, in Mr. Beglaw's science class, he was a science teacher at that school, she allegedly raised her hand during some sort of Q&A session and asked, why does cum taste like salt? And it was always phrased as this sort of innocent question, like she didn't think about it. She wasn't thinking about the implications of that question when she asked it. And people said that this girl asked that question. And that was actually an urban legend that was national in scope. That's even... Whoa. There's sirens. Um, I'll let you just hear the siren, I guess, for a second. Uh, there it goes. But but it's just strange to me because like, I didn't find out until many years later, until the internet... ...that that's a well-known urban legend that went around the country... ...and I guess wherever that rumor spread... ...somebody plugged in a local girl that everybody knew. And in this case, I didn't even know the girl. She was a real girl who was a little bit older than I was... ...but I knew her name because everybody spread these rumors about her... ...which is horrible. And if she was, you know... ...if she did earn that reputation... ...that young you have to figure there may have been a bad story. You know, there may have been some bad stuff going on in her life, as is often the case in, when someone gets a reputation like that when they're that young. But what blew my mind is just the fact that this rumor managed to spread all across the country of this girl who asks a very embarrassing personal question during a Q&A with their science teacher And the fact that people were able to plug in a local girl, and it's not that, because, you know, I get why that happens, because kids are malicious. You know, I get why people start rumors about kids at their school. I get why kids start rumors about girls that go to their school, especially if those girls already do have some kind of reputation. But what blows my mind is the fact that there is this hyper-specific story, this scenario about this specific question getting asked, and in a pre-internet world, that that spread across the entire country to the point where it's documented on urban legend websites online. And you have to wonder how that kind of thing got around. I mean, it's not like everybody stayed in the same place all the time. And for that matter, like slang is another example, how slang spread across the country among teenagers. Yeah, maybe sometimes it was pop culture, maybe sometimes a certain, You know, a pop star, an actor, a movie, some sort of celebrity. Maybe they started using a certain slang term and the kids used it. Maybe it's something from a movie, an album. I understand that. But it wasn't always the case. It's not always something like that. And I guess the easiest explanation would be that some kid, maybe maybe he stayed at his dad's house during the summers. And so he took some story or slang or urban legend and he brought it to you know maybe he lives in you know Seattle during the school year and in the summer as he goes and stays at his dad's house or on spring break he goes to his dad's house in Florida so now you have this kid bringing this urban legend or new slang term or rumor and now this whole other group of people hears it and if the information is hot enough if it's hot enough info I guess it would stick and it would spread even further. And if it's hot information, kids have a hard time not spreading hot information, which sounds horrible. Spreading hot information. But yeah, it would be really fascinating to do some sort of contact tracing. Not of disease, but of the way these things used to spread. How did that story about the girl in science class asking an embarrassing question, how did that, where did that come from? Who started that? And who was the agent? Who was the local carrier of that info? It's almost like a, having an, an Avon sales lady, you know, who do you go to for the hot information? Who do you go to for Tupperware? You know, you go to the person who has the hot info. And with slang, you know, I know some slang was local and stayed local. When I was in junior high, when I was new to the internet, I had this internet friend who lived, I think about 40 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. So this sort of semi-rural area, a small town outside of Pittsburgh. And I had no concept of Pittsburgh, I still don't. I know that it's, despite being in Pennsylvania, it's more of a Midwest city than a East Coast city. That's about all I know. Uh, But anyway, this this online friend of mine, one day he asked me, he he said, do people say deece where you live? There was no other context. It was just one day he messaged me and that was the only question. He said, do people say deece where you live? D-E-C-E. And I had no idea what he was talking about. I had no idea what the context was. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> what, are you, what are you asking me? Like, do they say for what? And he was like, as in cool. Do people say dees, you know, basically as a substitute for cool? Like, that's dees. And he said it's short for decent. And I, I just thought to myself, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's the dumbest thing... That's, a, that's the dumbest synonym for cool I've ever heard. At that, at that moment, that's how I felt. I was just like, Dece? People shorten Decent to say that something is Dece? And maybe that has more history than I know about. At that point, living in suburban Seattle, I had never heard a single soul in person, in a movie, on TV. I would never read it. I had never heard of Dece. But it blew my mind because i thought wow you know they have this term they use in small towns small town western pennsylvania deece that's that's hella deece man but that one never spread and i i you know it's not too hard to imagine why but you know i've told this story three times recently but the one about the seeing the latino kid in maybe Target, playing the Nintendo 64 station, and just kind of muttering to himself, that's, that's tight. That's tight. And I had never heard that before. I was probably in fifth grade. It was probably like 97 or something. And how I was like, whoa, I've never heard somebody say that before. I've never heard somebody refer to something cool as tight. And... It was just funny to me, though, because, you know, it, it took about a year or two in the same region, it took about a year or two in the same geographic region for that to spread to kids that I knew, kids that I was going to school with, and it's interesting that it took so long. You know, it's interesting to me that it took that long for tight to spread, that I heard it from some random kid who had some, you know, cultural difference you know he had a, he had a bit of an accent i don't know if saying tight started with you know latino people i, I don't really know but i do know that it kind of blew my mind cuz you know you didn't you weren't constantly hearing new slang now it seems like you are now i think just the rate of communication speeding up and all that it seems like you're hearing it all the time you, people are coming up with you know new words and new slang and uh and so you know but back then it seemed like you never heard anything new. You when so, when something new did come by you, you noticed it. Now you have to try not to notice it. Now when you hear new slang, you have to go I'm going to I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you just say that. And you know, that's kind of how I feel now cuz it seems like so many new things are coming by you. And, uh, you know, I, I won't get into the whole language thing too much, even though all this is about language. But anyway, it's now it, we don't think about urban legends either, because you can easily look it up. You can easily verify it. You can easily, if, if somebody tells you a story about something that somebody did... It's not that hard to look it up, although we have different versions of it. It's not that information has become more reliable. It's actually the overload of information has actually made information possibly even less reliable. Because we no longer trust the news. We no longer trust each other. Because the thing that blows my mind about urban legends or just schoolhouse rumors was that you trusted other kids so much. Like if a kid told you something... First of all, you couldn't verify it or disprove it, even if you didn't believe it. So you you ended up kind of taking these things in good faith. And I don't even know that it really came down to believing it or not. I think it was just the excitement. Like I said, the information was hot. And if somebody gave you a piece of information that was hot, it didn't really matter whether you believed it or not. It was something to talk about. It was something to tell somebody. Oh, you have something to tell your friends that'll make them either laugh or be astonished. It was a form of currency. You know, it didn't matter whether you believe in that currency. The fact is, it was just the currency among young people. And I can still remember being in junior high when the little Bow Wow limo driver rumor made its rounds. This is probably, I mean, the internet existed. But very few people had it, very few people used it. So it was still it was still more or less organic. And not that the internet is inorganic, but it was just it was something that spread person to person. And it went all around the school on this one specific day. And if you're not familiar, it was this rumor that the the young rapper Young rapper, Little Bow Wow, but the rumor was that Little Bow Wow had been molested by his limo driver, and kids took delight in this. Kids are sick. You know, Kids, kids were laughing. Here there was this rumor that this child celebrity was sexually assaulted by his limo driver, somebody he presumably trusted and paid. And kids were laughing about it, and this rumor spread around, and, but it was, I think it was already disproven. Like by the time it made its rounds at my school, it had already become publicly known that this was just a bullshit urban legend. But it was amazing to hear people, you could just walk by crowds of kids and hear them. I remember this girl, she's what we would now call a, or what we would then call a tomboy, I don't know what we would call her now. But this, this girl who was just a total tomboy, and it doesn't matter, I just felt like saying that. But she was saying I remember her loudly like yelling across the locker bay, saying, like, hey Michael, you hear about little Bow Wow? And he was like, Yeah, ha. ha. And it was just it was this hot information. And I, I guess, I don't know, maybe that it was a form of destroying celebrities, you know, in the same way that the paparazzi, the tabloids. You know, maybe the fact that something humiliating and damaging happened to this celebrity, maybe it came somewhere from some place of jealousy. You know, I don't want to get too psych 101 about it, of why people thought that something horrific happening to Little Bow Wow was fun, <laughs> you know, to talk, to talk about. I mean, for the same reasons that everything is. It's not like It's not like my friends and I were above saying and laughing at horrific things. But it, it just it was weird to watch it, and the fact that I still vividly remember this, this story bounce around. It bounced around to all the kids that day, and they enjoyed you know hearing it as well as spreading it. and it was just it was pretty it, it's just weird that I vividly remember it, because it's, it's the only time that I actually remember an urban I, I, it's the only time that I remember seeing an urban legend as it traveled. Because the other ones that I heard, it was normally, you know, in, it was one person telling you. But this is that was the only time that I remember actually seeing an urban legend. I could practically... It was like a, a bullet ricocheting around the locker room, or the locker bay. Not the locker room. There's a difference between the locker bay and the locker room. Um, but, uh, yeah, just the way these things traveled. And I guess it was as simple as some kid who maybe... He took his vacation to the Jersey shore and he met some new kids on the boardwalk and they told him that, you know, Marilyn Manson had his ribs removed so he could suck his own th- I don't, whatever it is. You know, that was one that I heard. And I actually remember where I heard that one. And maybe it does sort of play into the idea of the kid moving or the kid traveling because there was this guy, he was a year older than my sister. So he was eight years older than I was. And he had lived in my neighborhood for many years. And our families became very close. Like my dad grew up with his mom and they were like family to us. And they moved maybe about an hour away from my hometown. And we would occasionally go visit them. And so he was quite a bit older and he, uh, he, they had a big trampoline, you know, I know this is an unimportant detail, but they had a big trampoline, and so I was jumping on the trampoline, and my sister and this guy, his name was Owen, Owen, they were talking about just teenage stuff. They were teenagers, I was a little kid, I was, oh, yeah, they were talking about smoking pot, they were talking about rock music, you know, they were talking about all these things, and then Owen, he goes, did you hear about Marilyn Manson? hear him talking to my sister and he was like yeah he had his uh, floating ribs removed so he could uh, suck his own and uh, he said the word that I'm not saying that I'm, that out of all the things that I I say I'm not saying it um, but uh and I, I heard that myself and of course like Marilyn Manson was enough of a you know, at that point, I mean, I was a little kid. Not little, little, but I mean, it was around the time that Marilyn Manson's first big album came out. His, Around the time that his Sweet Dreams cover was big. I think it was around that general time. It was pretty early in his, you know, career, as far as fame goes, at least. And uh, I remember hearing that said. I remember hearing that rumor make its rounds. And my sister was told that while we were visiting a family friend an hour away. And so you can see where these things did travel. You know, as kids traveled, the rumors traveled, the urban legends traveled. And those ones make a little more sense to me because they do involve celebrities, especially if they involve some weird thing that a celebrity did or some weird fact. It turns out it wasn't a fact, because what all this stuff plays into is even though we don't have urban legends anymore, because you can Google everything the second you hear it, you know, you can immediately look it up and, and figure out whether Marilyn Manson did do this, because if he did, it will be on TMZ, or it will be somewhere, it'll be on social media, it'll be somewhere like that, and so we don't have that, it Doesn't it doesn't work in the same way. And I hesitate to even use this phrase, but now we do have this whole fake news thing. And that's sort of a way of saying something is an urban legend. You know, what people refer to as fake news is very similar to the idea of an urban legend. And you can see where rumors also get started and deliberate distortions of reality spread across social media. You can see where hoaxes happen and initially it will spread like wildfire and it'll be like did you hear that this happened did you hear that this happened to this guy and there's even news articles about it there will be news articles that say so this happened to such and such or so and so claims this happened to him and all you have to do is wait a few days and then it gets revealed as a hoax but in the interim in that period between the initial news quote-unquote news and the results of the investigation, it's pretty much an urban legend that's spreading like wildfire, although it's spreading... It's spreading under... You know, it's spreading under the light of day, because it's like something people are posting and that you're reading about. And so it's even more insidious in a way. Because an urban legend was something that kids kind of sometimes spread quietly to each other. Like, hey, did you hear? Hey, did you hear? You know, some of the kids spread directly, whereas now these new urban legends are something that get kind of, there's, there's a, a bulletin board that everybody has access to, and I don't mean a bulletin board as in a online message board, although that's pretty much what social media is. But it's just sort of strange how we have these new versions of this, and then of course the news is less reputable than ever, or at least they're not hiding it. Because, you know, I don't know that the news was ever truly... You know, I think the news has always distorted things. I think the news has always had a narrative. And I I think there's wind. My wind special effects. What you're hearing is not actual wind. It's it's me adding in wind after the fact. And that's not a dog, either. It's me adding in a special effect of a dog. It's from my special effects library. My special effects library. Um, But, uh... All the news is heavily editorialized, you know, things are, are made to, you know, fit a certain narrative, even the largest, you know, most general news corporations that we used to trust have become blatantly editorialized, and a lot of that is because, you know, independent journalists started, they started, you know, this sort of editorial form of journalism on blogs and on videos on YouTube and it was expected that it would be editorialized because it's an individual giving their take as well as covering events and so it's not bad that these independent journalists were doing that because it was just all part of the it was all just part of what they were doing and but that became very popular in some ways that became more popular than the news to have these sort of independent... I mean, those people started getting hired by the news in some cases, but the news started to follow that model, because the traditional newspaper format, the way that the news was presenting its stories, its articles online, they were behind. They were not hip. And so they wanted to make themselves more modern. And what do you do? You follow the people who are on the cutting edge, which are these independent journalists, who have blogs and who have YouTube accounts or whatever else they have. Whatever else they have. And they, they want to be on the cutting edge. You know, they want to be like these independent journalists who removed their floating ribs so they could suck their own... And so what did the news corporations start doing? You know, what did Fox, what did CNN, what did MSNBC start doing? They started removing their floating ribs so they could, you know uh so they could suck their meat in, you know that's what they did and that's what we have now. That's what we're left with. That's what we are left with. And uh so what we basically have are, you know, urban legends are much more common, but they're no longer these little rumors that spread around. Conspiracy theorists or uh, conspiracy theories have largely replaced urban legends at least in the adult world and i'm not talking about the adult movie world uh you know but conspiracy theories have have replaced urban legends in adulthood adults spread conspiracy theories they spread these heavily biased narratives and rumors you know it's like you'll hear about somebody oh some guy hanged himself and a whole group of people based on their political leaning will say Well, it was the CAPS. It was the KKK who hanged him. And meanwhile, there's no proof for that. And we have a suicide note, and not to say that suicides don't get faked, but we see things like that, where people deliberately distort or change information to fit their narrative. But what was so great about the old school rumor mill and the era of urban legends, which is gone, You know, even though these things kind of follow a similar logic, even though humans have a similar impulse to spread misinformation and plug in facts and plug in names, the era of urban legends is gone because it was fun. And even though it could be malicious, even though they could spread a rumor about some girl in your school, and it turns out that every school across the country was spreading the same rumor, but they were playing Mad Libs and plugging in some local girl's name to make the story relevant to that school. You know, Even though that was going on, and that is malicious and nasty, and you could definitely draw parallels between some of what's going on now in terms of you know fake news and this editorialized, narrative-based journalism, you could definitely draw parallels between that. It's still different, and I think that era of urban legends, that era of, you know, just these sort of these hot pieces of information that kids carried around. And you can't sell that, is the thing that's funny about it. Like, kids decided what was interesting to them. Kids decided what was worth retelling and the fact that something did make its rounds across the entire country, the fact that some silly rumor or silly anecdote could spread around. I mean you can't buy that. People wish, companies wish they could buy that. It's what companies want when they try to do viral marketing campaigns. Uh, So that's what's so fascinating about it, is it's just the pure, raw interest. Kids wanted to talk about Marilyn Manson removing his ribs so he could suck his own... You know, that's what people wanted. That's what people wanted. They wanted to hear about Marilyn Manson sucking his own dick. They wanted to hear about... I said it. There we go. That's a good reason to end this episode. I said it. I said the word... Now you know I wasn't talking about his big toe. Marilyn Manson had his uh, his ribs removed; he had his entire rib cage removed, so that he could suck his big toe while standing. But no, kids wanted to. They want kids are nasty. Is I guess what the point is is it's like kids wanted to spread nasty rumors about girls who had bad reputations in their school, who who probably had experienced some sort of trauma early in life related to that stuff and then they wanted to spread rumors about little bow wow being molested by a man that he's supposed to trust and who's supposed to take him places in a limousine they wanted to talk about marilyn manson essing his own Mm, you know they wanted to they, they wanted these rumors to be nasty but it was fun and it's not something you could buy it's not something you could sell it's something that kids had to take with them and pass along and the kids themselves would decide what is interesting and it does kind of feel like we're in this world that's trying to recreate that it feels like businesses are trying to recreate that phenomenon with these fake viral marketing campaigns everything's you know we're trying to recreate this word of mouth sort of uh I don't know, you know, we'll never live in that world again unless unless the machines die. Unless the machines shut down, unless we lose electricity, we probably won't live in that purely word-of-mouth world. Uh, that world of mouth. I'm watching, I just saw a hummingbird, it was beautiful. Even though we live in more of a word-of-mouth society than ever in some ways, with social media, but it's somehow more false, It somehow somehow seems artificial, and not artificial because we're using phones and technology to communicate these rumors and this fake news and these attempts at viral marketing. It's not because of the devices that we're using. It seems to be the intentions. It seems that our intentions are prefabricated. And that's what makes it inauthentic feeling, whereas with kids, with kids in junior high and junior high, middle school, that seems to be the that was the real time when urban legends and stories and rumors and new slang, because that's when kids are going through puberty. And that seems to be when this stuff is most attractive to kids. Because by high school, you're already kind of moving along a certain path. In elementary school, you're still playing with toys. But that junior high and middle school era is when I look back at urban legends, when I look back at kids adopting new slang, you know, for that matter, picking up on new fashion. Because new fashion would sometimes spread very similarly. Like some kid might... Some kid traveled to the East Coast, or some kid traveled from the East Coast to the West Coast to stay with his dad one summer, and he was wearing his visor backwards. And kids were like, Man, this kid's from the East Coast. He's cool. I need to get a visor like that. You know, and things like that spread very organically, and it was very interesting. Uh, but we can only mimic that now, it seems like. We still have the same impulses. We still have a desire for these things, but we have websites that can prove or disprove them in an instant. You know, the, the second that somebody started Snopes.com or some other urban legends page or for that matter, urban dictionary for slang, it was like that completely changed the world forever. It changed the world of mouth. And I don't think we'll never go back in the same way that we will never go back to, you know, the Middle Ages. We'll never go back to so many different eras. And I think sometimes I think we will. Sometimes I have this tendency to think, oh, we'll cycle back to that. But the reality is we leave a lot of things behind. And I think part of that was the world where urban legends, urban legends, urban legends slang, the world where we could pass rumors along about Marilyn Manson's rib cage. And that was interesting. And worth telling your friends about. You know that's it's just not what we have now, and that's okay. Trust me, it's okay. <laughs> uh, but it's it's still fascinating to me to think about. It's fascinating to me to think about the way that kids were able to pass all of this information along, and all it required was hotness because it was all based around hot information. This land is mine God gave this land to me